You are listening to the audio ministry from All Nations Church, Cardiff. It's really, really good to be with you. It's great to hear all about what Jesus is doing. I love the name of Jesus. I love to speak the name of Jesus. I love to hear the name of Jesus. I love to hear testimonies in the house that say, that talk of things that only Jesus could do. Okay? Only Jesus could do. Church, are you ready for the word this morning? This week was a very exciting week in our household, at least I thought so, but God spoke to me through my daughter. My daughter is uh, two, two and a quarter. If you're counting in months, we still do that. Two and three months in a couple of weeks. Um, It was a a rare occasion. Both sets of grandparents were coming to our house. Now, I'm okay with that. I love my parents. I love Zoe's parents. But I learned something through my daughter. See, my reaction when my mum and dad came in on Monday was, hello, mum and dad, great to see you. You're looking well. You're looking well. Can I get you a cup of coffee? A cup of coffee? A cup of of tea? Okay, right, a cup of tea. A few days later... My in-laws came. John and Tina came. Lovely to see you. How are you? How are you doing? It's great to see you. There's your seat. That's where you always sit. Can I get you a cup of coffee? Cup of coffee? Cup of, cup of tea? Okay. It goes on like this. I, I love, I'm very, very secure with my family, both sets. Now, my little baby girl didn't know they were coming, and her reaction was slightly different. The door opened, and in stepped a parent, and suddenly there was this... <laughs> She just couldn't, she was so excited, she couldn't, she couldn't, she was so excited, she couldn't stand up. She was just running around and running into things and, and just, and even when they said hello, it just kind of, she I've never seen anything like it. And here's me, I'm just making the cup of coffee. Like, what's going, what's going on? Tea, well, I still got that wrong. I just, I thought, and God spoke to me in an instant about familiarity. It's funny, we have wonderful people in our lives, people I am grateful, I am indebted to, who have nurtured me, who have loved me, and shown me the way to go. And for that, I am truly grateful. And yet, I've lost something of the, oh, wow, these people. And God spoke to me about my reaction to the name of Jesus, to the person of Christ. It's so easy for me to become so familiar Good morning, how are you doing? Here's my seat, great, thank you. I'll have my usual please. No, my usual please. No, you got it wrong again. My usual please, thank you very much. Whereas what God wants is a stirring in the house that when the name of Jesus is spoken, that when we gather together as the saints of God, we haven't just come to a building, we've come to Jesus. He wants to stir that excitement and that passion in our lives, in your life and mine. I love the name of Jesus. So I'd like to pose you a question this morning. It's rhetorical. Don't put your hand up. Don't shout out. People will look at you. Okay? The question is this. Considering Jesus, considering your life, considering everything you've heard even this morning, where is your level of excitement at? Just have a think. Do you think about Jesus? Do you read about Jesus? Do you talk about Jesus? Does Jesus have time in your day? Do you get to the end of the week and you're hardworking people, you're busy people, but do you get to the end of the week and think, oh, hmm, I'll do better next week. But do you think about him? Do you wake up in the morning and what is your first thought? Is it, I'm just going to check Twitter, I'm just going to check Facebook, or is it, Good morning, Lord Jesus. Thank you for another day. 
Did you come this morning with just a sense of, oh, I can't wait. I want to be in the house of God with my brothers and sisters to praise and give glory to Jesus. Or did you come, and there's no condemnation here. God doesn't condemn us. Or did you come and think, oh, well, I'm running a little bit late, um, but it's Sunday. I know, I know okay, I've got to get there. We start at 10. I've got to be in my seat by this time. And before you know it, it's 20 past 10. The praise and worship's begun. And then you begin to think about Jesus. The goal I have this morning is that you just consider that question. And you begin, for many of you, to begin again. For some of you to begin for the very first time. You begin to think big about Jesus. You know what it is with a passion to take his name upon your lips. Not even just in a church service. But when you're with people, when you're with friends and with family. Well, that is just such commonplace. Like you can talk about your wife, you can talk about your kids, but it's so easy to talk about the name of Jesus. To be excited about him, who he was, what he's done for you. Wonderful testimonies this morning of things in the here and now, in the weeks just gone. And then a testimony of salvation of someone who saved years ago, but they live in the good of what Jesus has done for them. That the name of Jesus is still so rich and so potent, a powerful name, that it rests upon them and say, I'm so grateful to you, Lord Jesus. I want you to also to begin to think about the life that you have with him. The life that you have with Jesus. Isn't that an incredible statement? You and I have a life with Jesus. Not separate from, not trying to strive towards. He lives in me. He lives in you. We are with him. I want you to begin to think about that. Shall we turn to the word of God? Who should we read about this morning? Jesus. It's a good answer, thank you. Would you turn to the Gospel of Matthew, and the 14th chapter please? I want to read quite a chunk, 13 to 36. Now, when Jesus heard this, I'll mention that in a second, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. Well, they said to him, We've only five loaves here and two fish. Jesus replied, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass and take in the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord... If it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. 
But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. And when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around to all that region and brought to him all who were sick and implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment and as many as touched it were made well. Wow, wow, wow. What an exciting life Jesus led. If only he lived in me and I could lead that same life. If only he lived in me, the fullness of Christ lived in me. If only he did then surely I might be able to live that life. The context is this when we read now when Jesus heard this. The this in this is the death of John the Baptist. He's just heard, it's just been brought to him. And Jesus is greatly upset and seeks solitude. Yet Jesus' life was so exciting, wherever he went, people were drawn to him. You ever notice that about Jesus? He has to carve time to be by himself because there's no slot. There's no clocking off. There's no nine to five and he can just sort of say, right, the crowds will just dismiss themselves. Surely they have a place. They wanted to be around Christ. People were drawn to him by the life that he led. And even this moment, even when he's sad, even when he just wants to be by himself to consider and contemplate, he still has compassion for the lost. He still heals the sick. He still performs a miracle and administrates the crowds and feeds 5,000 men besides women and children. He still does another miracle and somehow manages to take up 12 baskets. He then walks on the water. He then uh, calms the storm. He brings peace to everyone in a boat. He gets to the other side and then he has more compassion on the lost and he heals more sick whoever would touch his garment. And all this in the context of he's having a pretty tough day. But his life was just so exciting. He couldn't contain it. Wherever he went, people were drawn to him. Why? He was Jesus. An exciting life. And I get excited when I read about what Jesus did, the life he led, his closeness to the Father, the wisdom that he spoke with, the miracles that he did. And I just think, God, I wish that was my life. And the Bible tells me it is. That is my life. This is my Jesus that I read about. This is my Jesus that is contained not just in paper here, leather bound, thank you very much. This is my Jesus who lives in my heart. This is my Jesus that wherever I go, he goes with me. This Jesus who, who came as fully God to be fully man who walked on this earth, who went to the cross on my behalf, who was nailed on my behalf, who shed his blood for me, who died for me, who rose again for me. This is the God, this is the Jesus who went around healing the sick. Opening blind eyes, opening deaf ears, making the lame walk again, raising the dead, walking on water. This is my Jesus and he lives in me. What an exciting life. And it is the life that you and I are called to live for Jesus said. Greater things, greater things, greater things than these will you do. This is the life that Jesus has for you, brothers and sisters. Whether you've given that consideration or not, it is the life that Jesus has for you. Why? Because he made a way for you. He made a way for you. He has forgiven you. He has clothed you with his righteousness. Amen. You see, 
this, the exciting life that Jesus led is the same life that he wants you and I to lead. Jesus Christ, I don't believe that Jesus Christ led a, a, a life so lofty and so unattainable that I can't get there. I, do, I see very little point in that. I don't see, if Jesus really wasn't tempted and tested in, any, in every way, he was impervious somehow because he was fully God. If it really didn't make it, I see very little point in that because I can't attain to that. I'm not God. But if Jesus really was tempted and tested in every way that you and I are, and he still was without sin, yeah, that's right. and now he lives in me, yeah, I have hope for today and hope for tomorrow yeah. that I can live a life worthy of his calling, Amen. that I can live the same life. And if he does live in me in every way, his Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that he had, the miracles that he did the signs and wonders, how God used him as he saw what the Father was doing and he simply did it out here on the earth. If I have that same Jesus living in me, then the life I lead should be no different. That it's not a matter of what would Jesus do. It's what is Jesus doing. That I've changed my concept to think, God, this life, I'm awake today and the glory is yours. What are you doing today? Who are the people you want me to speak to? I love the testimony Tim didn't share this morning. Um, but one of the things that happened this week was uh, the van, the minibus that was being driven, accidentally got backed into a car. wrote off the bumper. What I love about this was, when Tim was talking to the lady and saying sorry for the damage, he led her to the Lord. That's the life Jesus wants us to lead. Nothing out of place, no accidents, but everything by the what is Jesus doing? Let me do it, Lord Jesus, because you live in me. The exciting life Jesus led is the same life he wants for us. You see, there's a simple key to this life, and it's this. It starts with getting excited about Jesus. It starts with getting excited about who he is. It starts with every day, waking up in the morning, stretching it out, as James has been speaking about how to wake up and saying this, Jesus, good morning. What are we going to do today? What are you doing? Where are you guiding my footsteps? It's all about him. It has to be about him. I ask myself the question, why be a Christian if I'm not excited about the Christ? Yes. Yet I'm aware that it's so easy to do. And you wouldn't be the first person if you're thinking, you know, I feel a little dull. I feel like I've just lost that excitement and passion. You wouldn't be the first. Jesus wrote in the book of Revelation to the whole church in Ephesus and said, all these works that you do, I commend them. You're fantastic. But you've lost your first love. It's easy to do. And one of the big tactics of the enemy is this. He will try and distract you. He'll even try and distract you by what is good if it takes your eyes off Jesus. He doesn't mind you advertising this event and that event if it stops you speaking of the name of Jesus. We've got to be excited about the name of Jesus. And that's difficult sometimes because in a church like this, there is so much going on. But we're not just supposed to be getting excited about a thing, a church building, a crusade, an outreach, a worship night, a visiting ministry, a conference, a Bible week. These things, church, they come and they go. But Jesus Christ The eternal one, his name is forever and ever and ever. And if our excitement starts with Jesus, then all of these things will be saturated by his name and by his power. It's got to start with an excitement with the name of Jesus. To be excited by him. Every day to be excited by him, to consider him, he who took my place on that cross, to consider the life that he's now bought for me. Oh, to 
get excited about the Jesus who was and is and still is to come. To think about his impending return for church. He's coming again for a glorious bride. And it's time to take the return of Jesus on our lips. It's time to confess to one another, encourage the saints in this day. Jesus is coming soon. Why? Because he's working in this world in a way that this world and history has never seen before. It's time to recapture an excitement about our Savior and excited about the life that Jesus has for us. Church, be excited about the life that Jesus has for you. From the scriptures that we just read here, I want to describe to you very quickly just three groups, three levels of excitement, if you will, just to kind of help us understand and visualize and and ask yourself the question, where would you fit? Level three, level two, level one. The first crowd is this. The first group is this. The crowds that follow Jesus. God bless the crowd. God bless the lost. God bless the people who need Jesus. God bless them. They were passionate. Wherever Jesus went, they followed. They asked him to perform great signs and wonders. Many were healed. Many were uh, made well. But it wasn't quite there, was it, for the crowds? You see, they were amazed. They were perplexed. They were hungry, excited, zealous, but... They were a little bit too far off. You could say of the crowds, they were a little bit too eager for the signs and wonders alone. Show me a sign and I'll believe. And there is Jesus, the Son of God, standing before them, saying, what more do you need? Show me a sign. Show me a wonder. I'll believe. I'll confess your name if you do this for me. The crowd mentality. Do something for me. I'll put my trust in you. If you're just hankering longing for Jesus to do something for you, that you might put all of your trust in him. I'm going to say this, you will be sorely disappointed because we live by faith and not by sight. We need faith in order to please God, Hebrews tells us. Don't be in the crowd. The second group are the disciples in the boat. I'm not taking a pop at the disciples. I love the disciples. Much to learn from the disciples. Amazing men. Men who left everything. Left everything. Because somebody appeared before them and said, come follow me. Something so quickened in their heart about this person called Jesus. That they left everything and followed him. They were servants to him. They, They spent every waking hour with him. There was a closeness. They were always learning from him. But sometimes I look at the disciples and I just think sometimes they're a little bit too precious about what they felt was theirs and nobody else's. Now again, I'm not trying to knock the disciples. I'm just trying to find my place in this picture. If I'm a little bit too precious about my church, if I'm a little too precious about my seat, my area, my involvement, my this, my that. I love Jesus with all my heart. I've given up a life. I've left that behind and I gladly follow him. But there seems to be just something which I can't get through. I've come a little bit too familiar. And I'm perhaps a little bit unwilling to change. Or only go so far. The third level of excitement I see is this. It's this man called Peter. I'm so grateful for the life of Peter. I'm grateful for every mistake he ever made. (laughs) I don't know about you. He's the guy, he's a little bit too quick to speak. He's the guy who's a little bit too angry at times. Chops off an ear here and there. What are you going to do? You know? He, he has his moments. Sometimes he just, he's just a little bit too quick to speak. Sometimes he's a little bit... Well, I, 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 
He's thinking, you know, which of the disciples was assigned with the gaffer tape? Just kind of go, I'm on it. I'm on it. Peter, don't make me use it. <laughs> in so many ways, he was reckless. In so many ways, Peter was impulsive when he shouldn't have been. When he just had to hang back and learn from Jesus. But I'll tell you this about Peter. He's 100%. He's all in. I'll tell you about this. He was the one who stepped out of the boat. He was the one while the other disciples cowered in fear and terror at the wind and the waves. Peter was the one who said, if it is you, oh ghostly one that I can see, if it is you, tell me to come to you. I'll come to you on the water. Hello. On the water. This is Peter. He is the one out of the disciples who wants to go that little bit further. He wants to be with Jesus. And it's here in this picture of this stormy sea as Jesus has walked upon the water that we have a glimpse into the exciting life that Jesus wants you and I to lead every day. It's in this picture. Let me read the scriptures again from verse 25. In the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. Jesus said, take heart, it's I. Don't be afraid. Peter answered, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased and those in the boat worshipped him saying, truly you are the son of God. Just some observations as I've been reading and pondering this passage for a few weeks now. Peter never asked to walk on the water. He asked to come to Jesus. The fact that the water was the obstacle was neither here nor there. He didn't say, let me do a sign and a wonder. Let me skip upon the waves. Let me do some kind of crazy surfing with my feet. Let me just walk on the water. He never said that. Let me come to you. Let me come to Jesus on the water. Let me come to you. Whatever the obstacle, I want to be with you. It's better with you out there in the peacefulness than here being buffeted by the wind and the waves. I want to be where Jesus is. Another observation is this. Jesus never told him to walk on the water. He just said, come to me. Jesus never said, go and perform a miracle. Ready, steady guys. He's going to do a sign and a wonder. He's going to do it. You are watching? Are watching? Are watching? Thomas, don't doubt. Are you watching? Are you watching? It was very clear. Come to me. Come to me. For Jesus, it wasn't about the water. It was about, you want to come to me? You come to me. Another observation, verse 29. Peter made it to Jesus. (laughs) Bonkers. Peter walked on the water and he made it to Jesus. I have to put aside so many uh, Sunday school teachings and so many illustrations from uh, children's dictionaries of a Peter who didn't quite get there and he's going under the waves. Lord, save me. No, verse 29 tells me quite clearly he came to Jesus. He got there. Whatever you might feel about Peter who then took his eyes off Jesus and oh, but I don't find a voice of condemnation in Jesus. (laughs) Oh, Peter, you'd already done it. You were with me. Why did you take your eyes off me? 
Peter made it to Jesus. He only began to sink when he looked away from Jesus. He only began to sink when he just thought, maybe I could, I could do this by myself. He, let me just say this. He only began to sink when he looked at the miracle in isolation from Jesus. Yeah. And if you're only chasing a sign and a wonder, you're going to sink. It may amaze some people. It may blow some people's minds. But in itself, you're going under. And unless you cry out to the name of Jesus, there's no help in you. But isn't that wonderful as well? The moment he realized he was sinking, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus reached out his hand. And church, that is the moment which has so caught me. Now, whether Peter is halfway under and Jesus is holding me here, but I just in my heart of hearts believe this, that Jesus held him by the hand and raised him up above the wind and the waves. And here's the picture. Hand in hand with his Savior, ruling and reigning over creation. Not in fear of the wind and the waves, not in fear of going under. But this is the life that Jesus wants you and I to lead. So exciting, so held close to Jesus Christ, with him, with your desire, let me come to you. Whatever is in the way, I want to come to you. And now Jesus holding you firm above the stormy seas. Now the Bible doesn't commentate on this, but it says when they came to the boat. So there was a journey, a walk. No matter how big or how small, there was a walk to the boat. Oh, to walk in hand in hand with Jesus over the storms of life. Oh, to walk hand in hand with the Savior who will guide you in all peace. And the moment he got there, peace came to the boat. And their reaction was good and right. Surely, this is the Son of God. Above the storm, above the water, in the supernatural, hand in hand with Jesus his Lord, reigning with Christ. That is the exciting life that Jesus has for us. Family, make your life, let your life be an exciting life. Desire to be with Jesus above all else. Don't be distracted by the things. Don't be distracted by a chase for signs and wonders in isolation from the miracle maker. Don't get distracted by the meetings. Don't get distracted by the conferences. Be excited about them, providing your intention is, I'm going to meet with Jesus this morning. Are you going to church? I'm coming to Jesus first and foremost. Don't get distracted by the waves of life. Don't take your eyes off Christ for a second that you might go under. But fix your eyes on him, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And should you feel this morning, I'm going down. Then reach out to him with a cry of, Lord, save me. And immediately he will hold you. And he will raise you up above that stormy sea. He will not let go. And hear his promise. He will walk with you and he will bring you to a place of peace. That is our Jesus. I want to conclude with this. Verse 25, it says this, the fourth watch of the night. What does that mean? It means just before daybreak. Church, for some of you this morning, a new day is dawning. And you you will receive the word this morning. Then this new day is going to be so exciting for you. It's going to be so exciting. Today, 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 your night could be over. And your day could begin. Jesus led such an exciting life. And that is the life that he wants you and I to lead. So consider today what level of excitement. Where are you at? Are you with the crowds? Are you with the disciples in the boat? Or do you fancy being like Peter? Do you fancy saying, Lord Jesus, I just want to be with you. 
Let me come to you. Because Jesus says this this morning, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. I don't want to be in the crowds. I don't want to stay in the boat. My life is called to be this, to be walked day after day, hand in hand with Jesus, above everything else, ruling and reigning, a life of peace without turbulence, but of joy, joy, joy in the Holy Ghost. Church, be excited about the name of Jesus and be excited about the life he wants you to lead. Amen. God bless you. You've been listening to a message from All Nations Church Cardiff. To download other messages, subscribe to our podcast, or find out more about us, log on to www.allnationschurch.org.uk. Thank you.